Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fireside Chats on the Young Mind. My name is Alexandra Dutton, and I have a very special guest with me today, Michelle Bailey. Michelle Bailey has been a teacher for 17 years, and she has been at OFS for the last four years. She has her master's degree in education and recently has done conferences and presentations to talk about growth mindset, which is something that I know a little bit about, but definitely not as much as Michelle. So I'm happy to talk with her about that today. Good morning, Michelle. Hi, thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about what growth mindset is. Growth mindset is the idea that any task you can work hard to know more about it. The opposite of growth mindset is fixed mindset, which means that you're good at what you're good at and maybe some things just aren't for you. And it's very limiting in terms of education and learning. So is this a new idea, growth mindset? Yes, it is fairly new. The term was coined by psychologist Carol Dweck. I'm not exactly sure when. There's some neuroscience behind the idea. What they noticed is that, you know, when I ask you what's two plus two and you say four, great, that's a thing you know. But if I ask you what's two plus two and you get it wrong and then you work on it and you figure it out, you've actually built more connections in your brain than, say, somebody that knew it and didn't work on it. So when you're working harder on something, you actually get more neural connections in your brain about that thing. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. Well, math is a great example because I think a lot of people tend to think, oh, math is too hard. I'm not good at math. Mm -hmm. And so how does growth mindset change that? I feel like math is used often as an example of fixed mindset because so many people were kind of pigeonholed in school as like, oh, I'm not a math person. And you know, they forget that there's valuable learning in the mistakes and in the missteps and along the way. It's interesting in the classroom, too, because there's so many tasks that are open-ended, and math isn't really one of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, numbers are pretty concrete, and you're trying to get to a particular answer, but it is interesting to see when things don't quite line up, and then you try again, and then they do. And I think we all know that feeling, that, that rush of dopamine when you work really hard on something, and then you finally figure it out. So that's actually in a lot of ways better for learning when you're having to struggle in that way. Absolutely. Okay. So a a fixed mindset, let's talk a little bit more about a fixed mindset. So that's just the idea that you're just not good at something. So the idea of I'm just not an artist or I'm just not good at math, that's fixed mindset. Sure. And that's very negative. And I think that the, the positive can also be detrimental, which is what got me into studying growth mindset which was that as a kid, I had a lot of adults tell me that I was smart. For a while, I was doing really well in school and people would be like, you're smart. And I'm like, wow, cool. Like, that's awesome. That's just a thing that I am. And so once things got to be harder and I had to work for them, that was really difficult because it kind of challenged, you know, like being smart wasn't a thing I had to do. Uh It was just a thing I was. So once I had to work harder to understand things, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not instantly amazing at this. Nope, not going to do it. That's not for me. Versus encouraging other qualities like, wow, you can, you know, you can do hard things. You're really working to figure that out, which fosters this intrinsic motivation to continue trying. That actually reminds me, now that you say that, about when my daughter started piano lessons. And I think similarly... She's always been really bright and has been told by many people just how brilliant she is all the time. But when she started piano, 
it was really hard for her and she was very, very frustrated. And the teacher did have to say, Ellie, I think you're someone who's really good at most things. And so that this is hard for you is really frustrating. And I hope you keep working at it. And it really was, it was a different level of frustration that she'd had to work through. But I think you're right. That fixed mindset of like, I can usually do things pretty easily was really hindering her in that sense, because for once she wasn't good at something and it was very, very frustrating. And in a lot of ways, if we didn't push her a little bit more and didn't know about growth mindset, I think it would have been really easy for her to say like, well, this is just not my thing. Well, not only is it the challenge of a new task, but then it's also challenging your sense of self. If you have this idea of yourself that I'm smart and everything is easy for me and I can do anything on the first try, then it's going to feel bad yeah. <laughs> to have to shake that idea of yourself. Right. What are ways that this kind of connects to really young children? So obviously with being smart in elementary school or piano lessons, that's a little bit older, but for young right. children, what are things that we should do to help growth mindset develop? I think some of the most important things to do are to encourage mistakes, you know, when towers fall over or they can't figure out a toy on the first try. Those aren't disappointing events. Those are like, oh, our tower fell over. What happened? What can we do to fix it? And then that makes it makes the mistakes not mistakes. It makes them fun learning experiences on a path to whatever the end goal is. Even the earliest years you're saying that we can start modeling or talking about like, oops, it didn't work. Let's keep trying again. And that's that's already developing some of that growth mindset. Right. I mean, if you think about playing ball with a toddler, they're not going to catch it. You know, they're throwing it in different directions, but it's still a fun game. It's not like we're getting upset when they don't catch it. It's like, oh, you missed. Let's go get it. Let's throw it again. You're encouraging the entire process, not just the the successes. Yeah, I like that way of thinking about it. Process is just as important as the the success that you finally get at the end. Exactly. And you see, you know, once kids get to be older toddlers, twos, threes, then they have an idea in mind of what they want to do. So you start to see that frustration when it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely important time to model that speech of like, oh, you're trying it this way. And that's hard. It's not working. What can we try next? Oh, that was an interesting idea, but it didn't quite work. Let's try it this way. And just giving them language to kind of navigate that frustration and also encourage, you know, all these different strategies. And so if they have a lot of chances and opportunities to practice things and understand it's okay if it doesn't work the first time, then hopefully what will that look like as they continue to get older? Uh, I think that these strategies really encourage, frankly, innovation. You know, you want kids that have the ability to see a problem from multiple angles and have the patience and resilience to try to solve problems in different ways. I mean, this really can kind of extend out to a global perspective. Our children are going to be training for jobs and solving problems that we don't even have yet. Those the things that don't even exist yet. Mm-hmm. And so it's not enough to just say like, this is the right way to do things. And this is the answer. And I'm going to teach you how to know this one thing. It's more important for us to teach kids how to have the tenacity to work at a problem and keep at it until they get to a solution. Okay. For parents who are listening then that want to encourage growth mindset in their children, what are some things you would recommend for them to say at home or 
activities to do to to work on this. When I presented about this, I used a cake as a metaphor of ways to talk to your child and how to compliment them. And I think that saying you are so smart needs to be the icing on the cake, but then the bulk of what you say needs to be complimenting their abilities and their efforts and their resilience and their creativity and their ability to stick with a problem even when it's frustrating and when they haven't figured it out yet. So what would that sound like if, let's say, my three-year-old is working on putting together a puzzle that maybe is a little bit more challenging than usual. What are some things that I would say to this three-year-old? As you observe a three-year-old work on a puzzle, you're going to see them making some connections that maybe don't work. Like maybe they find a corresponding color, but it's not turned in the right direction. Think that observing and remarking on the process or giving them some guiding tips without giving them the answer can encourage them to keep at it. And then when they're done... Am I like, great job, you finished it. (laughs) If we're trying to move away from, you're so smart, what are some specific things to say? I think that would be a good opportunity to ask some questions. Was that hard? Which part was tricky? Remember when you had to turn that piece a lot of times? You know, then they can kind of reflect back on the challenges that they just had to overcome to get to that point. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so it was like celebrating you did it and it was really hard at first and then you kept going. Well, what about, for example, if I'm talking to a five-year-old that's really wanting to write a note to mommy and daddy and they're they're having a hard time with that. What are some things to encourage them? Like, I love watching five-year-olds write because they've got such a spectrum of abilities and some get really stuck on, like, I want to write every single letter and so you need to help me spell this word right and that can be frustrating. And some can sort of sound words out and will write sort of an abbreviated text, which I think is such a great skill. And a lot of these are observation-based to see where your child is at and push them just a little bit beyond where they're at. In, in the field, we know this as the zone of proximal development, but not everybody knows the name for that. But what we know it as is like things that they've mastered are too simple mm-hmm. and things that are too hard are going to be too frustrating. So you want to move just outside of their comfort zone. So with writing, see where they're at, how much you can assist them to encourage the task without doing it for them. I think that's a good point you're saying too. You don't want to do it for them either, because that's going to send the message that, okay, I'm never going to get it. So an adult always has to help me. You still want to support them and help them with it, but it's not going to be about how good they are at this or how they can't do it yet. Yeah. In the classroom, if a kid was very upset, I wouldn't be like, well, you're on your own. Write your letter. I know you're missing mom. So there'd be an emotional aspect of I'm here to support you. I'm going to help you with this. Mm -hmm. Let's see what you can do. And I'm here to help if you need. Okay. I want to go back a little bit to the fixed mindset piece too, because this is just something I'm thinking more about. But are you feeling that fixed mindset has not served most of us as adults. I'm assuming that most of us grew up with more of a fixed mindset of I'm good at sports. I'm not good at math. I'm good at this. I'm not good at that. I think that fixed mindset serves no one. I feel like it pigeonholes people. And certainly we're going to pursue careers or pursue hobbies that we're talented at. But then I think that there's also value in exploring things that 
you're not very good at yet. You definitely reward proficiency and immediate excellence. But I also think there's something to be said for recognizing I don't know how to do this yet. Okay. I haven't learned this yet. It might take me some more work. It might even take me more work than it would take somebody else, but I can still do it. Which brings me to schools and growth mindset versus fixed mindset in schools. How do you see that playing out in a school setting, fixed mindset versus growth mindset? I'm definitely seeing teachers and schools recognize growth mindset and trying to encourage it in their classrooms, which I'm really encouraged about. I don't want to denounce testing, but I feel like testing is not the best place to encourage growth mindset. Mm -hmm. I think having projects that allow for some variations and trial and error and encouraging those errors, Mm -hmm. maybe even really articulating, we tried this or we got this answer. It wasn't the right answer. Where do we go next? Kind of explaining that thought process would be really valuable. You know, when I think back to my school or my children in their elementary schools, the ones that they remember the most are the things that were building or collaborating with others. Obviously, they're not like, wow, that was a really fun test we took in spelling yesterday. Right. It's more like we worked really hard to make a map of the school. We worked really hard to build this bridge together. So yeah, those are going to be things that are going to encourage more growth mindset than the spelling test and the thing that's going to be kind of a fixed, you're either right or you're wrong. Right. I think as a teacher, if you are providing an activity and everyone nails it on the first try, then you're not providing curriculum that's challenging enough. Mm. So what should teachers do in the classroom? And let's just say preschool, since we're mostly talking to a preschool age audience. Sure. I think the more open-ended things we can do, the better. And certainly we want to touch on all curriculum areas, but giving kids chances to play with problems and work on them. And as teachers and parents, sometimes it can be really easy to see a child that's frustrated and upset. It's like, okay, I'm just going to do this thing for you and solve this problem. Any opportunity to not do that, I think can be beneficial. Obviously that our whole day can't be like that. Sometimes we got to put on some shoes and go. But if we do have some time to invest in letting them experiment, letting them try something and fail and trying it again, like the learning opportunities will be worth the time spent. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite memories in old firehouse school is when one of our twos teachers allowed children who were two years old to try to help each other put their shoes on. Honestly, it was painful for me to watch (laughs) because I really wanted to jump in there and just you got to hold her shoe and you got to, but these two little girls were really invested in helping each other put each other's shoes on. And it took 20 minutes, Yep. but the teacher recognized this is something they really want to do and it's valuable for them. And I don't really have to go outside this moment in time, even though that's generally what we do. And she allowed them to do that. And it was one of those beautiful moments that I felt like I was learning something watching the two little girls do this. And I was learning something from this teacher who's willing to let them have that space and time where even my own inner feelings about it were like, (laughs) I need to help you do this. But it was great. And I recognize that in myself with my own children and also here in the school, like I do sometimes need to just step back and stop and allow for the children to struggle a little bit and then recognize the struggle that they're in and give them support, but also let them do it. Last year, when my group was doing the toy project, my group wanted to make robotic bugs. And we found a video about how to make them. And it was seemingly very simple. So I bought these LED lights 
and these button batteries. And I had to challenge my own fixed mindset because I couldn't figure out how to make it work. And I was so frustrated (laughs) because I'm the teacher. I need to be the expert. I need to figure this out. And I was trying to become the expert before they got there. Like, okay, I'm going to know how to do this so that I can help them along. I couldn't figure it out. And I said, okay, I'm just going to bring these to circle time and we're (laughs) going to figure this out together. And I was trying to connect the LED lights to the battery in this one way and then just letting the kids play with it. They figured out if they kind of straddled the battery with the prongs, the light turned on. And I was like, I didn't think about that at all. (laughs) This is why we need to play and explore and try different things. And they had nothing writing on it. You know, I had my my teacher brain thinking, I need to figure this out before they get here. But they were like, okay, we're playing with a thing. And so they had this space and freedom to figure it out. It was sort of a humbling moment, but also a great advertisement for growth mindset. That's one of the wonderful things about childhood, right? Is that they're not scared of fear, or of, I'm not a fear. They're not scared of failing. Right. They're not, they mess up a million times a day and they just kind of have to get past it. And I think as adults, we're like, oh, no, we made a mistake. We did it wrong. Right. And we're going to be seen as incompetent or someone's going to think that I don't know how to do this thing. Right. And so children don't have that yet, (laughs) which is so beautiful. And that we can allow them to just take your time, explore, play, have this experience. And yeah, then they solve the problem that you couldn't solve as the adult, which Mm -hmm. is, I hope, also something that you modeled for them, too, that like, I don't know how to do this. Oh, I definitely really was, I showed a lot of excitement for what an interesting idea that I tried it this other way and it didn't work, but you figured out a way to make it work. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, are there other books? Are there cartoons or movies that growth mindset is something that is part of it? What are some things that parents can read at home or other teachers can read with their children? I definitely have tons of books that I love. One of my favorites is Rosie Revere Engineer, um, which is all about machines that don't work right the first time. And they end up using the term, it was a fabulous first flop. Which oh, I, I like that. Yes, I loved that alliteration. And it was such a nice term to celebrate those first attempts. So Rosie Revere Engineer is by Andrea Beatty. There's also The Fantastic Elastic Brain by Joanne Deek, which I think is also good for adults to remember that we have an elastic brain. Even if we've had a fixed mindset up until now, it's elastic. We can change our habits and change our thinking about things. I also like the book The Girl Who Never Made Mistakes by Mark Pett. I'm assuming that she learns that making mistakes is not so so bad. Yes, (laughs) exactly. There's a book called Beautiful Oops by Barney Salzberg. There's a book called Ish by Peter Ray. And After the Fall is a great book about Humpty Dumpty and what happens after the fall, after he's broken Uh and where to go from there. Wow. Those all sound like great places to start. And I do feel like I am seeing more books about, oops, it didn't work. We have to figure something out and that perseverance and that resilience. So it seems like there is more consideration about this idea of and how important it is to allow children to both fail and keep trying Mm -hmm. and that it's not necessarily just about the success. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for being part of this podcast. You're welcome. I really enjoyed talking to you about this. You know so much about it. I would talk about growth mindset every day. (laughs) 
Thanks so much for listening to Fireside Chats on The Young Mind. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And also you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Take care.